For many people, Friday the 13th brings a feeling of impending misfortune. But for our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, doesn't believe in such superstition. No, indeed. I don't need any special day to be unlucky. In fact, ladders shy away when I come near them. And every mirror in the house has seven years' bad luck because I'm always broke. <laughs> Last Friday was no exception. Have you ever opened your eyes in the morning and felt that everything was going to go wrong that day and then realized you'd already made your first mistake by opening your eyes? Well, that's how I felt on Friday when Mrs. Davis entered my room. Up we go, Connie, up, 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 rise and shine, dear. I'm up, Mrs. Davis. Up we go, out of the sack, hit the deck. I'm hitting. Oh, when you're down and out, lift up your head and shout, it's going to be a great day. Well, I'll try it. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be nothing, and I know it. Why, Connie, I'm surprised at you. You're not nervous about being Friday the 13th, are you, dear? Oh, certainly not, Mrs. Davis. Well, I am, and so is Minerva. The cat? Yes, especially after what happened to her this evening. What was that? A black dog crossed her path. <laughs> now, chill up, Connie. You'll feel better when you've got a nice breakfast under your belt. Breakfast? Yes, that should help. Then you'll go to school and see your pupils and your friends in the faculty. Yeah, that'll be nice. And your principal, Mr. Conklin. <sighs> there goes breakfast. <laughs> Mrs. Davis, I think you have just psychoanalyzed me. The reason I never want to get up in the morning is that I'm afraid to face Mr. Conklin. Well, you may not believe this, Connie, but he's probably just as afraid to face you. You know, it's like my brother Victor's experience. You remember me talking about Victor, don't you? The absent-minded one? Yes, I remember him, Mrs. Davis. Oh, of course, he's not as absent-minded as my sister Angela. She's a real cat. Yes, I know. But about your brother? My brother? Victor? Victor? What about Victor? You started to tell me about his experience? Oh, yes, he's had lots of experience. Well, let's fix some breakfast now. <laughs> Please, Mrs. Davis, drop the other shoe. You know, your brother Victor had an experience that had something to do with my being afraid to face Mr. Conklin? Oh, that's right. Well, Victor was terribly afraid that a certain dog in his neighborhood would bite him if he ever got too close to him. But the psychiatrist who took care of Victor, oh, he explained that the dog was probably afraid that Victor was going to kick him. And? Well, after a couple of months with the psychiatrist, you know, my brother went right into that dog's yard, and they stayed there together for over an hour. Really? What did they do? Well, they just stood around biting and kicking each other. <laughs> oh, but a policeman came by and stopped it. Yes, that was fortunate. Yes. Your, bro your brother probably couldn't have taken much more of that kicking. Oh. <laughs> Mrs. Davis, I'm afraid my trouble with Mr. Conklin isn't really psychological. Whenever we get together, little accidents keep occurring. Accidents? Yes. Uh, ink spilled on his shoes, flower pots fall on him, and yesterday, while he was bawling me out for transferring a tiny little flower pot from my windowsill to his head, he broke his glasses. Well, then, maybe you just...
just better stay out of his way for a while, dear. Oh, before we go, do you have anything else to do? We've got to get a snapshot ready. <gasps> a snapshot? Yes, Walter Denton called and said that they're getting the yearbook ready and he needs snaps of the faculty. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought I'd bring in your album and we'll pick out a nice picture for them. Fine. Now, let's see. Where's a nice one of you, Connie? You want to sit on the edge of the bed? Oh, yes, I'll just sit on the edge of the bed if I may. <gasps> oh, oh, here's a nice one of you, Connie. Well, Connie, why are you in the floor? I just came down with a mattress. <laughs> Mrs. Davis, this is the second time this bed has collapsed, and you've got to do something about it. I will, dear. I'll see that you get lighter pillow slips. <laughs> Now you better get up and get dressed. We can even look over the album at breakfast if you'd like. All right, Mrs. Davis. Hey, sweetie, watch those springs. They still have plenty of life in them. <laughs> Connie, where are you now? You were right about those springs, Mrs. Davis. I'm in the shower. <laughs> dishes to one side. There. Let's look through this album for a nice picture for the yearbook. I haven't gone through this album in a long time. Oh, look at this one of you, Connie. I love your hair that way, curling all over your head. Makes you look so youthful. That's what Mother thought. She didn't cut it till I was nine weeks old. <laughs> look at dear little Connie, draped out on that rug. What is it? Bare skin? It certainly is. <laughs> no, I don't think that would be the ideal picture for the yearbook, Mrs. Davis. Too dressy. Oh, here's one taken at the beach. What a stunning bathing suit. That's my French model bathing suit. Oh, my. It was taken at Lakeview Beach last summer. Well, and those sandals, they're exquisite. Such pretty designs and all that handwork in the front. That's handwork, isn't it? Uh, sort of. Those are Blue Jay corn plasters. <laughs> well, I'd better get ready. Walter Denton and Stretch Snodgrass should be picking me up any minute. Oh, they're such nice boys. But you know, Connie, I can't help but feel sorry for Stretch. He's a wonderful athlete, I know, but honestly... For a 16-year-old boy, he has the mind of an 8-year-old simpleton. Oh, that isn't fair, Mrs. Davis. Stretch has every bit of the mentality of a 16-year-old simpleton. <laughs> well, somewhere along the line, that boy's mental development has been arrested. Arrested? It's been sentenced and shot. <laughs> now, you put away that album. Oh, just a minute, Connie. Has um, Mr. Boynton ever seen you in it? In the album? No, dear, in the French bathing suit you're wearing in this snapshot. Why, no, I don't believe the bashful biologist has seen me in that. Well, he should. That would take his eyes off those silly frogs for a minute. Now, let's take this picture out of the album so you can give it to the boys when they get here. Oh, you're joking, Mrs. Davis. If Mr. Conklin saw a picture like that in the yearbook, steam would shoot through the top of his head. Oh, Connie, I don't mean the whole picture. I've got these scissors here to cut off your head. That's all they need. There, sweetheart. Here's your head, Connie. Just in time, Mrs. Davis. Now I can finish my coffee. Oh, good. <laughs> that was very nice. Oh, you wouldn't mind answering that, Mrs. Davis. I'll go get my hat and bag and put the finishing touches on my face. Very well, Connie, dear. Hi, Mrs. Davis. 
Oh, Mrs. Davis. Well, Stretch and Walter, come in. Miss Brooks will be with you in just a minute. She's putting on her face. Oh, we're in no hurry. Say, what's that picture you've got in your hand? Oh, this is Miss Brooks. Oh, let's see. Gosh, now I know what you meant when you said she's putting on her face. <laughs> but where's her head, Mrs. Davis? Her head? Oh, she's probably got that in her purse. Oh. Her purse? How's she going to get along with no head? Coming from you, Stretch, a question like that would be very embarrassing. Uh, apparently, this picture's been torn, Mrs. Davis. Naturally. You said you just needed a snapshot of Miss Brooks' head for the yearbook. Walter, we just split it in half. Oh, I get it. But, Mrs. Davis, can we have the lower part of the snapshot, too? Oh, well, I don't see why not, Walter. When you get through with your yearbook, you can just stick them back together. Gosh, if I may say so, Mrs. Brooks' figure looks... Looks beautiful in a bathing suit. Especially this one, Walter. It's a French bathing suit. Yeah. How do you like it, Stretch? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand French so good. <laughs> well, well, neither do I. But in this case, all you've got to do is read between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want me to carry the snapshot for you, Walter? Uh, no thanks, Stretch. It's not heavy. Well, I've got two chauffeurs today. Hello, boys. Hi, Miss Brooks. Oh, Stretch picked me up today on, on account of I had a little trouble with my clutch. What kind of trouble, Walter? I lost it. You lost your clutch? Oh, oh yes, ma'am. But I'll find it all right. It can't be much more than a block away from where the emergency brake fell off. Oh. <laughs> well, that's probably just a stone's throw from the motor. <laughs> Oh, before I forget, here's a snapshot for the yearbook. Oh, a, a snapshot of who? Oh, this is your face. Ah, thanks, Miss Brooks. Uh, well, we'd better be going if we're going. Yes, it's getting late. Now, remember what I told you, Connie, dear. Be sure to invite Mr. Boynton to take you swimming soon so he can see you in that bathing suit. Really, Mrs. Davis, if Mr. Boynton wants to take me swimming, he'll take me swimming. I'm certainly not going to do anything about suggesting it to him until lunchtime. Hey, we better step on it. We've got to pick up Mr. Conklin on the way to school. Mr. Conklin? Yeah. Harriet called me and told me that her mother had to take their car downtown early this morning, and she was counting on me to pick them up. But if I had known that, I would have gone to school on my pogo stick. <laughs> so would I have. But we can't let Walter down now, Miss Brooks. Besides... Mr. Conklin isn't so bad. For all we know, he's just as nervous about us as we are about him. Stretch, you're not related to Mrs. Davis's brother, Victor, are you? <laughs> well, I guess you take from the same psychiatrist. <laughs> Our Miss Brooks will continue in just a moment, but first... Here's wonderful, wonderful news, ladies. Wonderful, wonderful news. Now there's something thrillingly new with Palmolive Soap's famous beauty lather. Yes, something thrillingly beautiful. Palmolive's famous lather now brings you new fragrance, new charm, new allure. So ladies, forget all other beauty care and use Palmolive Soap the way doctors advise for a lovelier complexion. Just stop improper comfort 
cleansing and instead wash your face with palm olive soap three times a day, massaging palm olive's wonderful beauty ladder lather onto your skin for 60 seconds each time to get a full beautifying effect. Then rinse, that's all. All types of skin, young, older, oily, or dry, respond to it quickly. Don't wait another day to try Palm Olive Beauty Lather. You'll be thrilled by its new fragrance, new charm, new allure. Thrilled again by the fresher, brighter complexion doctors prove may soon be yours. For now, loveliness all over. Use big bath size palm olive in bath or shower. Well, as our Miss Brooks and the boys are on the way to pick up Mr. Conklin, let's look in on Madison's beloved principal and he, as he and his daughter Harriet are finishing breakfast. Well, Daddy, how do you like your breakfast? It was very adequate, Harriet. Now, if you would hand me my hat, please. Here you are, Daddy. It's a brand new one, right? How do you like it, dear? Well, it isn't very colorful, is it, Daddy? Well, very few black Homburgs are, dear. This suit is also new. It's the latest thing. Black shark skin. Do you like it? It's real chic, Daddy. Of course, this tie may be a trifle too loud with it. Midnight blue. Do you think it's too loud, Harriet? I can't hear a thing, Daddy. Well, I, I mean, it looks fine. This is the outfit that I had my picture taking in, Harriet. The one that's pinned on the bulletin board at school. Inasmuch as you are the yearbook editor, I want you to have a good photo. Thanks, Daddy. Walter will appreciate it, too. Denton? What does he have to do with it? Well, he's associate editor of the yearbook, and he's giving us a lift today. He doesn't give me a lift. In fact, if I might borrow expression from the undergraduate body, he brings me down. What you see in that booby is beyond me. He isn't a booby. Walter's the manager of the baseball team and editor of the Madison Monitor, and, well, he's just an all-around... Yeah, he's just an all-around... Daddy! All right. I won't say mine if you don't say yours. I think it's very nice of Walter and Stretch to pick us up. After all, they had to get up earlier in the morning to stop for us after picking up Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks? She'll be along? Of course! Walter always takes her to school. What have you got against Miss Brooks? Oh, nothing at all, Harriet. At least nothing that some new shoes, new glasses, and a head free of a flower pot won't straighten out. I don't know what it is about that woman, but when she's in the vicinity, disaster rings in my bones. And today is Friday the 13th. Oh, oh please, Daddy, you're exaggerating. Miss Brooks is probably just as nervous about facing you as you are about facing her. I doubt it. Oh, I wish we could go to school some other way. If it wasn't so late. Oh, well, they finished the Berlin blockade. Maybe there's hope for me. still sore at you, Walter. Yeah, but I can't seem to put my finger on the reason. The, the way when Mr. Conklin looks upon me with his... Um... Would repugnance do it? Is that bad? 
Very bad. Then that would do it. <laughs> That's why I wrote this speech when I knew we were taking him to school. A speech? Yeah. So, so by the time we get to Madison, my future father-in-law and I will be buddies. Oh, uh, be before I honk the horn again, I, I want you to hear the speech, Miss Brooks. It goes, <clears throat> Mr. Conklin, sir. Excuse me, Walter, but Mr. Conklin, sir, and his daughter Harriet just came out on the porch. Oh. Well, they must have seen us pull off. She's leading him down the steps. Something must have happened to his glasses. Oh, yeah. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hi, boys. Hi, Harriet. Hi, Harriet. So, um, how are you this morning, Mr. Conklin? Very well, thank you. So far. Get in, Harriet. Yes, Daddy. I'll sit in the front with the boys. And you sit back here with me, Mr. Conklin. Here, I'll hold the door for you. Thank you. That's a lovely suit you have on. Is it new? Well, of course, yes, it is, Miss Brooks. Brand new. It's just your pocket, Mr. Conklin. I'll sew it up when we get to school. Go ahead, Stretch. <clears throat> Mr. Conklin, sir... Shut up, you boob. <laughs> Well, I fixed Mr. Conklin's suit and unruffled his feathers when we got to school, and by lunchtime I was beginning to lose some of my feeling of foreboding, especially since Mr. Boynton had invited me to the cafeteria for lunch. Remembering Mrs. Davis's advice, I thought I'd try and get Mr. Boynton to ask me out swimming so I could show off my French bathing suit. I was extremely subtle about it. Did you enjoy your lunch, Mr. Boynton? Oh, very much, Miss Brooks. Me too. Let's go for a swim. Isn't it a little early for that sort of thing? Well, we could wait until after school. It will be later then. I mean earlier in the year. Uh, uh, it's still quite brisk out, Miss Brooks. Once you get in, the water's warm, especially at Lakeview Beach. That's only an hour's drive from here. No, I'm afraid I don't care much for beaches, Miss Brooks. Uh, they're bad for my sinus trouble. Oh. Uh, but I do like swimming in a pool, though. <gasps> Wonderful, Mr. Boynton. Let's go for a swim in your pool. Well, I'm afraid that's impossible, Miss Brooks. My pool's at the YMCA. I guess it would alter their routine a bit if I were to walk in there. <laughs> yes, I think. Oh, I know what we might do. Work on your lawn for a while. I don't have any lawn, Miss Brooks. I live in a bachelor's apartment. All I've got is a window box. Perfect. That's just what we'll do. Uh, what's just what we'll do? We'll put on our bathing suits and water your window box. <laughs> well, why do we have to put on bathing suits to water a window box? All right, you wear what you want and I'll wear what I want. Well, I'm afraid it won't be this afternoon, Miss Brooks. Uh, you see, I've been searching high and low for another frog like my pet McDougal. He's a pentodactylus pentodactylus, you know. That's obvious. And I can't seem to find one anywhere. Uh, none of the laboratory supply houses handle them, and, well, I've got to have it for an experiment. If I bump into one, I'll give you a buzz. Now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Boynton, I'm going over to the dessert counter. It's getting pretty crowded in here. Uh, well, is there something I can get for you, Miss Brooks? No, I rather enjoy the exercise. I can still get a good post position right on the rail. See you in a few minutes. <laughs> Oops. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. It was all my fault. 
Yes, it was, Miss Brooks. Mr. Conklin, I didn't recognize you. You've got new glasses on. And I wish you had them on. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Conklin. I'll replace everything you had on your tray. Now, what can I get you? Well, suppose we start out with some nice split pea soup. Split pea soup, yes, sir. About how much? About as much as I now have in my pockets. <laughs> Miss Brooks, after you've served me and before you go back to your classroom, would you stop by the bulletin board, please? The bulletin board? There's a picture of me on it, and I'd like for you to see just how this suit looked before I met you. <laughs> going anywhere. There, that, that'll teach him to call me a boo. <laughs> it sure looks funny, Walter. Mrs. Brooks in a bathing suit with Mr. Conklin's head nailed on the shoulder. <laughs> hey, this won't get Miss Brooks in trouble, will it, Walter? How can it get her in trouble? These could be anybody's legs. Well, anybody but Mr. Conklin, that is. <laughs> hey, Let's get out of here, Stretch. Somebody's coming. Uh, okay, but I'd sure like to see Mr. Conklin's face when he spots his picture. Me too. <laughs> well, here's the bulletin board, Mr. Boynton. I'll just... Mr. Boynton, do you see what I see? Yes, I think so, Miss Brooks. Hey, is this the suit that Mr. Conklin wanted you to see him in? That happens to be me, Mr. Boynton. It was taken at Lakeview Beach. You... Oh, that must be a pretty old snapshot. <laughs> uh, frankly, I like you better without the mustache. Thank you. I'm a lot less bald now, too. <laughs> Those darn kids must have put my picture over Mr. Conklin's for a rib, but if he finds out this is my picture, he'll take my head off permanently. Hmm. Maybe we will drive to Lakeview Beach this afternoon. <laughs> but first, I better get this picture down, Miss Brooks. Boy, they didn't use thumbtack. These are real nails and they're hammered way in. Oh, I better find a hammer to pick them out with. Come on, Mr. Boynton, the keys to the supply room are in Mr. Conklin's office. All right. Well, now here's his door, Miss Brooks, uh, but I'd better not. Oh, don't bother. Mr. Conklin must still be at lunch. You wait here and I'll go in and get the key. Oh! Oh! How do you do, Miss Brooks? I was just coming in, Mr. Conklin. And I was just going out. I thought you were still in the cafeteria. I wish I were. Just for a moment, Miss Brooks, gaze upon me. It will be evident even to you that by banging the door into my face, you have broken my glasses. The regrettable fact remains, however, that even without my glasses, I can still see you. <laughs> I just wanted to get a hammer, Mr. Conklin. A hammer? You've done a splendid job without a hammer. Oh, Miss Brooks, call me a foolish dreamer, if you will, but sometimes and somehow I'd hope that today's pocket-ripping and soup-spilling incidents would appease your voracious appetite for mayhem. But no, for the second time in a few days, you have shattered my glasses. Please, Mr. Conklin. I can't stand this war of nerves. 
If you hold me responsible for those accidents, why are you so restrained? You've got high blood pressure, use it. Give me a good, loud dressing down and get it out of your system. Miss Brooks, such crude behavior would be unbecoming to a principal of a high school. To lose control in the presence of others would be to portray ill breeding. Now then, if you would be kind enough to excuse me for just a moment while I go walk into the closet. Of course, Mr. Conklin. Thank you, my dear. I feel much better now. And here, I found a hammer in the closet. You may have it, Miss Brooks. Oh, thank you, Mr. Conklin. I'll just take this. Oh! I'm, I'm sorry I dropped the hammer on your foot, Mr. Conklin. Oh, no, that's quite all right, Miss Brooks. I have another foot. Miss Brooks, could I see you for a minute? Why, Stretch, school's been out for ten seconds. Uh, why are you loitering in the hall? Well, I've been looking for you, Miss Brooks. Uh, I even asked Mr. Conklin if he knew where you were. But a funny thing, the minute I mentioned your name, he ran into the closet. Yes, I know. But why did he do that, Miss Brooks? Quiet, Stretch. <laughs> That's why. Now, what is it you wanted to see me about, Stretch? Well, Harriet Conklin wanted a full-figure picture of you for the yearbook. So I pasted your head to the lower part of the picture we took off the bulletin board. Hmm, I've never had a full-figure picture in the yearbook. I guess Friday the 13th isn't so unlucky after all. Unless you happen to be Mr. Conklin. Oh, oh there you are, Miss Brooks. Isn't it terrible? Isn't what terrible, Walter? Harriet Conklin got the proofs back for the yearbook. But look at the snapshot section. Look where it says, this is our Miss Brooks. Oh, let's see it. Oh, no. Stretch, you pasted the wrong parts together. This is a picture of my face attached to a blubbery body wearing a black sharkskin suit. Uh, gee, maybe there is something to Friday the 13th. Oh, it's an awful break, Miss Brooks. Every teacher and student at Madison will see this. You'll be the laughing stock of the whole school. Gee, I wouldn't blame you if you bursted out crying. Not me, boys. To lose control in the presence of others is to portray ill breeding. Would you excuse me a minute? May I help you, Miss Brooks? I just wanted to borrow your closet, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Our Miss Brooks will return in just a moment, but first... Dream girls, dream girls, beautiful luster cream girls. You owe your crowning glory to luster cream shampoo. Tonight, show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a Luster Cream shampoo. Only Luster Cream brings you Kay Dumas's magic formula blend of secret ingredients plus gentle aniline. Gives loveliness lather even in hardest water. Glamorizes your hair as you wash it. Luster Cream, not a soap, not a liquid. 
but a dainty cream shampoo. Leaves hair fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen, soft and manageable. Gives new beauty to all hairdos or permanents. Four ounce jar, one dollar. Smaller sizes, either tubes or jars available. Tonight, try Luster Cream Shampoo and be a Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl, you owe your crowning glory to luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, it looked as if the day might end a little better. Then it began when Mr. Boynton took my arm as we were leaving the school and said... Uh, let's hurry, Miss Brooks. I'd like to get to Lakeview Beach while the sun's still out. Oh, fine, Mr. Boynton. But let's stop at the house and pick up my French bathing suit. Oh, you won't need a bathing suit, Miss Brooks. Then why are we going to Lakeview Beach? Well, because of that picture of you on the bulletin board. Oh, we've got to stop at that very spot where the picture was taken. But why? Well, I noticed in the snapshot there was a liptodactylus pentodactylus frog right in your left foot. If you don't mind, Mr. Boynton, I'd still like to pick up my bathing suit. Uh, for what? If it fits the frog, you two can go steady. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.